Hello, and welcome to Out of the Forest. My name is Dominic, and I'm just doing a quick uh, fill-in for our keeper, Chris, with a couple of quick messages. Uh, one, I wanted to thank Alan for being a guest voice in our finale. Uh, that's greatly appreciated. And also, thank you to all of our friends who are following us on Twitter, at the Forest Cast. If you want to stay up to date with the podcast and what's going on, you can see us there. Again, it's Twitter, at the Forest Cast. Or you can also reach out to us through email at outoftheforestcast at gmail.com. As always, if you could tell any of your friends, uh, give us a review, either like on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, or reach out to us. Any way is a great way to kind of get involved and to spread the word. Now, on to our finale of the first arc. Ooh. It's not actually spooky. I don't know why. I don't know why I did that. Last time on Out of the Forest. And I think he is going to um, kind of open the door, like slam open the door with confidence and um, begin his journey back to the campsite. But this time he is going to feel confident enough to transform back into his wolf form and find that the sword is actually still there kind of with him. And then it almost kind of forms into a shadow and then fades off a little bit. They called me five minutes ago, told me they already sent someone down here, so you don't have to worry about it. Well, I, I, I'll look into this, but if we find out that there's no group, we're going to send someone there without any warning, and you're just going to have to deal with that. You have strong tricks. I'm quite powerful. You're a bit out of your depth here, my friend. Uh, and then the whip comes and just brutalizes Marnie. <sighs> something, something changed, and... And then they started turning to the dark arts, and I just, I couldn't do it anymore after that. But Mariner stayed. She was trying to restore the wards. They're trying to let monsters back in. You begin to heal Mariner, uh, and as the the wound begins to close, you very abruptly, you see the wound begin to become infected very rapidly. Name's Sal, by the way. As he gets real close, you're overpowered by his scent. It's not bad, it just smells overwhelmingly like tilled earth. Were you thinking about maybe reaching out and trying to find where the monster is? Yeah, I was thinking if we did it earlier, we can do it again. Um, especially now if we need to find it. Hello and welcome to Out of the Forest, an actual play podcast about a bunch of stars as part of a constellation as yet unknown to the ancient Greeks. We are currently playing Monster of the Week by Michael Sands. I am Chris, and I am your GM slash keeper, and I am joined by my players. I'm Evan, and I play Baron. I'm Dominic, and I play Kernunus. I'm Jessica, and I play Enif. And I'm Alistair, and I play Isaac. You are all still in Jim Bridger, um, trying to sort out the fate of Marnie, trying to figure out your next move against the monster. Isaac, you still have a very light connection to the monster from when you just connected with it to find its location, uh, but it is obviously dropping very quickly at every moment. 
uh, and your thoughts are all interrupted by the loudest boom of thunder yet. And the sky finally succumbs to the clouds encroaching upon its glory, and the light of the day takes on a effect more akin to twilight. So, Isaac, through your, your lingering connection to the location of the monster, you sense it as the, the sky darkens, get on the move. And I want you to roll for uh, your hunch move. Oh. <sighs> hunch is... When something bad is happening, or just about to happen, somewhere that you aren't, roll plus sharp. On a 10-up, you knew where you needed to go just in time to get there. On a 7-9, you get there too late in time to intervene, but not to prevent it altogether. And on a miss, you get there just in time to be in trouble yourself. Let's see how this goes. Yeah, first roll is a 9. You are standing there. uh, Enif is tending to Mariner and seems to be deep in thought trying to decide just how to deal with her extensive wounds. Um... Kernunos and Baron are, are likewise kind of trying to consider the situation uh, when Iris pops out and goes, I, I think it's about to happen. What? What's, what's going on? The, the thing, the thing I showed you b- before we came here, I, th- I think, I think it's, it's, it's the nigh. vision, the vision. It's, it's nigh. I, I don't know how fast we can get there, but I think we need to get to, to, what was it that we, the, the campsite that we said was uh, probably the right size. Sacagawea. I th- I think we need to go there right now. And you, the rest of you, of course, hear Isaac having this conversation and hear that last bit. What's in Sacagawea? The monster. Um, it's heading there now. I think that's where the vision occurred, and that's it's it's about to happen. Okay. Okay. Well, we have to probably go, but decisions on on Mariner. Enif kind of like looks down at Mariner and kind of is like, like making a split split second decision, um, because they want to question Mariner and figure out what what the hell the cult is doing, but they can see that Mariner is not going. There's nothing they can do, and so they just uh, reach into their pouch and take out um, a blue lace agate, which is. Uh, to help with uh, angelic energy and just place it on their chest to like help them pass into the next life. And then um, they just turned to everybody else and they're like, all right, let's go. Thank God. Okay. Um, I mean, do we... Isaac doesn't really want her to die yet. Doesn't want to give, should we not just at least try to call 911? I mean, there's no we don't want to bring any more people to the monster and I mean there's only so much I can do for her and I don't have enough magic to be able to heal her enough Kanuna speaks up uh, I can try to get us to Sakajuia, but only one person at a time take Isaac at least Iris will know what's what's happening take Isaac first yeah, I still have a connection with the monster. I can tell when it arrives, I think. I, uh, I, uh, Isaac, grab my hand. 
grabs right. his hand. <laughs> um, and I'm actually not going to make you roll weird because of um, how hunches work. You will get there in time <clears throat> to to bear witness to the event regardless. Has um, Isaac done this before? Have I taken Isaac through the trees? I think um, in the previous mystery when we were running around in the woods um maybe once yeah i okay. definitely mentioned Not earlier often. in this mystery that he went through at least once and really didn't enjoy it <laughs> yeah it's a very disconcerting uh experience mm-hmm. correct yes <laughs> there you go again. that is accurate and uh so you, hold my you grab isaac step to the trees as he he just holds his breath right before you enter it <laughs> Uh, and you are taken through this tree space. I don't think we've really officially established what this looks like to the person traveling. Would you care to elaborate I, on that? I think that Kernuno sees, um, like, the pathways between them, right? So he he sees how to get from one place to another. Kind of like, if you imagine in, in science documentaries when they show, like, the, the neurons of a brain firing... Mm. Kernunas can see that, but I don't think anyone else can see anything. I think it's just pitch blackness. Cool. Pitch blackness and the sensation of falling? Mm-hmm. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so that goes through, and Isaac, as you're entering the tree for the transportation, you, the, the, the last vestiges of your attachment to the monster fade as you sense it entering the campsite Sacagawea, and just a few moments afterwards, you arrive to that scream you heard in your premonition. You enter this campsite. It is The rain is really starting to pick up now. Um, and you see uh, a total of four figures. You see two um, not nearby the other two. They are One is standing. It is a, a, a boy about your age, maybe a little bit older, uh, kind of holding a pocket knife unsure what to do with it you see a girl who has fallen down um just barely seemingly to have managed to not snap her bow in half as she fell and then beneath the claws of the monster you see Seema holding the axe between the monster's teeth and just barely managing to press it off of her uh to prevent it from sinking its teeth into her face um what do you and Kerninos do? I think I'm going to have that same moment of panic um, when I am unexpectedly encountering something terrifying. Um, and I'm, I think that I, Isaac would yell, get away from her, and fling out his arm and sort of unconsciously maybe summon Iris's um, abilities and try to fling the monster off of Sima using right. telekinesis. I thought you were going to say just sucker punch it. <laughs> in the face. Punch it in the face. like, Whoa. Give me that plus weird roll. Let's see what we get. Come on. Nine. It's a nine on a seven through nine when you try to fling something with your mind. Uh, you move it, but it hurts. Choose one option and mark two harm. Um... So you are attempting to fling something bigger than a person, I believe, is the option yeah. you are aiming for. So mark those two harm as the the strain of this. You, I think, Iris 
ra- like when you do this, just out of reaction, rams into the wolf, tossing it several yards away, and it kind of rolls around. And as soon as Iris hits this wolf with all of her weight, you feel the sensation of that wolf just slamming into you and just rattling your bones heavily, and you feel your shoulder pop slightly from, from this attempt. Uh, but the wolf has been disengaged from Seema. Um, she, she, I think the axe got dislodged from her hand in that encounter, but she, it didn't go far, and she picks it up and, and steadily gets to her, her feet and kind of looks at you wild-eyed. Kerninos? Uh, so the wolf has disengaged, you say? Yeah, the wolf has been tossed, like, probably five, ten yards from Seema, away from Isaac. Uh, so the, the scene as it stands is you and uh, Isaac are towards the edge of the camp, towards the middle of camp. Seema's getting up, looking at you, uh, axe recovered. Um, Abijah is standing with his knife a little bit off to the left, unsure of what to do in the situation either. And Gwen is getting herself up and trying to prepare her bow um, right next to Abijah. And the wolf is a few yards past Seema. I'd right, also, um, hold on, I'd like to mm-hmm. remind uh, Dominic that I'm pretty sure Enif gave Cronunos one of those silver pickaxes last time. You, you literally took the words out of my mouth. Cronunos uh, <laughs> retrieves one of the silver-coated pickaxes and hefts it. I think he's a little, like, this is heavier than a whip, but <laughs> kind of, like, gets it prepared and uh, kind of stands, like, moves to stand between the wolf and the uh, the young young children. The campers probably also works too. <laughs> the children. Yeah. The children. They're all the young. young. They're all young. The, young young <laughs> the younglings. So you position yourself between uh, the 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 young children and the wolf <laughs> as it readies itself and to. I would uh, like to. I'd like to make a move as well, if that's possible. Yeah. I want to kind of see if I can figure out how this thing is, like what its plan of attack is. If that makes any sense, because so far I've just seen it trying to bite somebody. Like, what is it trying to do here in this campsite? You definitely get up there and try and appraise what's going on so you can better deal with this monster that is getting itself back up and preparing to strike again. Uh, so that's sharp. Yep. And that's an eight. Eight on an eight, you get to ask one question from the list to read a bad situation. Uh, what would you like to ask? Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Uh, hmm. I guess, um, what is the best way to protect the victims? Uh, what is the best way to protect the victims? Um, unlike the last monster you faced, or last two monsters, I guess, the last monster you faced was the, the Beast of the Back Rooms, who could move so quickly that, like, the best uh, offense was a good defense. Um, you just kind of had to try and kill it as quickly as possible. Or the Dryad, whose um, dangers relied more on an, a sort of area effect song. Uh, so you had to go for the earplugs or whatnot. Uh, this one is a bit more straightforward. It is a big, hulking wolf, um, but it is just one giant, strong monster. Uh, the best way to predict the victims is to basically get entangled in fighting it so that it cannot attack anyone else.
It has probably been about 30 seconds since Kernunos and Isaac left Enith and Baron. Um, you are you are left <laughs> alone in the campsite uh, with only the sounds of the steadily mounting rain and the ragged breathing of Mariner. Um, it's been about 30 seconds and you don't seem to see Kernunos returning for you. Uh, yeah, when you say it that like, way. I mean, I feel like we were both like, we were like, all right, we'll do it in, like, in saying a little story. I think we're both just like staring at whatever tree you went into. Um, just like waiting. Well, and Enif, while, while they're waiting, um, is does Mariner still have their, their uh, her stuff on her? No, Kernunos took all of it. Took all of it? Dang it. I, belie- I believe that was what Kernunos did. I did rummage. Did. Yeah. You, I did you, rummage. you searched I'm through sorry. all of her things and took it all, if I remember correctly. Dang. I was going to check and see if she had any more um, things that would uh, on her that would give me any indication of what the cult was planning. I mean, you had that note that laid it out pretty clearly that they were just attempting to weaken the wards and let whatever the next threat was through. Um, but right, but that, if she had no, any, like, contact to anybody else or anything like that. But, um... Okay. Um, if she did, she didn't have it on her, or it was done through a method that didn't require physical objects. Okay. Well, we're just kind of wait. Um. Can I? I'm trying to think. Because if it's like thirty seconds, we're kind of just like waiting there. And All right, we can. Pop well, is no, no, no. I mean, like, has it been an an uncomfortable amount of time where it's like? They should be back by now. I mean, you both know that Kernunos's teleportation, his his tree thing, as Isaac put it, <laughs> his tree um, thing, yeah, it is pretty much instantaneous. Um, and so, thirty seconds probably means they got involved in something. Cause that's a, that is a decent amount of time for something that would have taken two seconds for him to drop Isaac off and get back. So okay. Um, it's not been long enough to confirm, oh, yes, yeah, something went terribly wrong, but it's, it is long enough that coming to the conclusion that, oh, maybe something's going wrong isn't, it's probably starting to form in your mind. Um, yeah, Enif is definitely getting suspicious that there's, um, uh, that there's something weird going on if it's taking them this long. So they're going to try and use their magic to observe another place. Oh, good one. Uh, so what does Ooh. this look like? Um, no, that's actionable. Uh, Enif is going to kind of like uh, close their eyes and concentrate probably on either um, Isaac or uh, on both Isaac and Cornunos and try and um, uh, kind of basically reach out to wherever they are and get a uh, get a look of what's going on. Alright, sounds good. It's a little ironic because I think Enif is the only one who has not been to Sacagawea before this episode. Right, that's why I said not Sacagawea, <laughs> but yeah, Isaac. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's just kind of funny to me. Uh, go and give me that plus weird roll. Okay. What do you got? That is a 10. Wow, you, you've been killing it on these, these magic, but you should because you've got like a plus 3 on it. But yeah, <laughs> um, You're all magical and whatnot. I am all right, very magical. Um, you close your eyes and concentrate, and I think your, your, your third eye just cracks open to aid in this uh, observance, and you view the scene as it stood uh, a few seconds ago. 
uh, with Kernino standing in front of Sima, standing up and looking very confused and a, a little worried. Uh, Isaac still standing by the uh, trees, um, having just clearly f heavily physically exerted himself. Uh, the other two campers standing off to the side, and the wolf uh, readying for a pounce on Carninos, who is bracing himself for that strike. All right, Enif like uh, opens their eyes. Baron, we we need to go. Um, they're they're in trouble. They have the wolf is about to attack them. And there's other kids there too. Um, do you still have the the map with you? What what, what was the camp that that uh, Isaac said that they were going to? Yeah, I Saka, have Saka, uh, Saka something. Saka, Saka Jawiya. Okay, well, where is that? How close is that? Uh, it is uh, a little bit far away, away though. Um, it's about like two or three campsites from here. How um, far is it, Chris? How far is it? Um, so, as far as getting there, it would probably take, um, I think it was 15 minutes from like the wards to Kit Carson. And we had the the hole they needed to get back before the lockdown. Uh-huh. So getting from those two places is probably a little under 10 minutes uh, by foot or by wolf a little under five minutes. I don't know where this is going. Um, I mean, you get to decide where it's going. You are the wolf. <laughs> okay. I am the wolf. Um, good, 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 chill. Ride me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Ride me. How, how, how big is... is uh, is Baron in his wolf form? Like, is he like a dire he's wolf, a, or is he yeah, like... he's like dire wolf? Like, he's pretty. Big. We've established he's pretty large. He's, he's pretty, pretty large. large boy. So could Enf ride man. Baron into battle? <laughs> I would say yes. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I think we can get there if we run. Okay. I mean, I'll <laughs> I'll run faster than you are, so I'll, I'll meet them there. I say as soon as possible. Okay. And. Um, all right, we're gonna we're gonna do that. So we're gonna we're gonna sprint, we're gonna sprint our way onto Sacagawea. Kernunos, the the wolf is uh, gearing for a pounce and just about to to leap at you. Um, Isaac, I think Sima has kind of gotten up and clattered back in your direction, but is facing towards the wolf, and. Um, uh, the the I think Abijah is backing away, and Gwen, Gwen is um pulling an arrow out of her quiver and getting it drawn on the bow. Not smart. Um, <laughs> can I dual wield? Um, not effectively. No, it's it's a pretty it's a pickaxe. You also only have one. What I want is to just tangle that motherfucker up with my whip. Yeah, if you if you are trying to wield your whip, I don't think you can effectively wield the pickaxe. Is the issue, mm. um, and in order to keep them tangled, you probably need to keep a hold on the whip. And gotcha. I don't I don't know that your whip exists if you're not touching it. That's fair. Um, shit, man, I'm just gonna have to intercept the wolf. All right. Um, the, the wolf goes back and tries to, to pounce at its original target. Uh, go ahead and give me a protect someone as you attempt to intercept I that. I don't know if I've ever rolled that before. You have. You, you did it when... Oh, Baron... yeah, that's right. That's right. That's plus tough, and that's going to be a 12, oh, wow. baby. 
So on nice. a 12, I believe you get to pick one extra effect on Protect Someone. Um, so yeah, you, you take some or all of the harm they were going to suffer, and your choices are you suffer little harm, negative one harm. All impending danger is now focused on you. You inflict harm on the enemy, or you hold the enemy back. Okay, I'm hurting. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Eh, fuck it, I'll, I'll hold the enemy back. Alright, um, the wolf goes to leap at Seema, trying to, like, dip and dodge around you, um, and Kernunos moves to intercept it, and just, you ram the, uh, handle of the pickaxe, in much the same way that Seema had it, straight into its jaws as it tries to bite down at you. The teeth sink a little past it and into your shoulder for, um, uh, yeah, so that is, that is three harm. Actually, it's too harm because you, you <laughs> were protecting. Oh boy, man, um, that was scary. Which through the armor is still one harm. Yeah. Wow. I'm glad that it wasn't three. That would have killed me. Uh, I am unstable now. Looks like three harm would have taken him just one away from dying. Oh no, if he didn't I would have been right. very close to dead. Um, As it is, he's three away from um, dying. Um, okay. The the wolf is now entangled with you and. Um, I think it's at this point that Seema runs around you and swings her axe into the wolf's side. Um, nice. It, it cuts just a little bit into... And you notice um, Seema, being the, the smart one she is, has swung it into a pre-existing wound. Um, Choice. And it's it slides into that wound, and the wolf lets go of your pickaxe with the... It jumps back... And as it does, the, the, the matted patches of fur um, that you have all learned are, are more like eyelids than actual mats open up to reveal all the eyes all over it. And I think in unison, the three campers just go, fuck! <laughs> all right. Um, Isaac. That tickled me. Uh, you just witnessed all this go down. Yeah. Um, Iris <laughs> is freaking out a little bit. Um, She's kind of just going, oh, oh my god, it's so big. There's so many eyes, but I, I, I hit it. So that was, I hit it, Isaac. I was, I did, I was. Oh, but it's so big. You, oh. hit, you hit it. You did great. Let's do it again. <laughs> it can't attack all of us. All right. Uh, so what are you it doing? It has enough eyes. Uh, it has enough eyes to look at all of us. Um, the telekinesis took a lot out of me, so I, I think I'm just gonna try to channel my energy with Iris and do like a more basic attack of some sort, um, whether it's just, you know, trying to uh, shove more pressure into the wound that's already um, in its side or um, trying to, like, harm its eyes, maybe. Okay, um, go ahead and give me a use magic, I think. Okay. Is the, the mo- we'll do... We'll- Go for inflict harm on the use magic chart. Yeah. Ba, 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 six. That is a six on the weird roll. Um, Want to help me, Carnarnos? If he can come up with a way, he does. But I don't. Mm. I don't. Can I use? I, yeah, can I, don't I know. use the citrine? Can I use the citrine that Enough gave me? I also gave you other rocks as well. You also give me other rocks, but I don't know them by name. I just know the citrine. Channel <laughs> this your... one for protection. To... Channel those rocks. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, you know what? Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Enif, go ahead. Now hold and roll. on a minute. 
Chris, you are establishing a very dangerous precedent <laughs> that Enos rocks actually have magical powers. I mean, we established that she act, like if it, they they can well, do it. Well, let's yeah. let's say this. I think I I don't think the crystals themselves have powers, but I think it's because Enif gave them to Isaac with that intent that they that they do have magical property. That's just the heart of the heart of the crystal situation yeah. here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because I, th- right. I think if, 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 if Isaac just bought that exact same crystal at the store, it wouldn't do anything. But because it was in, in Enif's hand, and Enif believes that to their core, that that is the thing that that crystal helps with, and then gave it to Isaac, I think it does have a little bit of magical property. Enif, I want you to roll help out someone. Okay. It makes it interesting. Yeah, I, it, right. this definitely won't be an every time thing, but like... If Enif gave something that would specifically help with a specific situation, like Enif specifically gave Isaac something that helps with uh, working with spirits, which is exactly what Isaac is doing right now. So I think there is an argument. Um, so that is an eight. So that would potentially expose yourself to some amount of danger, I believe, is the situation with help someone. Let me... Which I'm already running towards danger. <laughs> yeah, we, we've established that, like, Hard moves don't just go, oh, well, you've already got it difficult enough. You're fine. Um, You also expose yourself to trouble or danger. Um, So here's how I think that goes down. Um, Isaac, you try and channel through Iris's powers to try and use her to hit the wound again. And Iris goes to do it, and you feel this connection between you fading. And you're not sure it's going to happen. And then, unbeknownst to you... In your pocket where you kept the gems that Enif gave you. The gem that... Uh, and, and remind me, Jessica, do you know the one that's meant for oh, uh, contact spirits? You're going to make me <laughs> dig it out? <laughs> I mean, it's I can keep going. It's That's fine. Um, we can insert it here, record it afterwards, and you'll have like a nice flowing sentence, and then all of a sudden Chris just goes, agate, like halfway through the sentence. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the sapphire... <laughs> the, the, the stone meant for aiding you with contact with spirits in your pocket just shatters um, unbeknownst to you and there's a flare of energy and Isaac goes to stab him you do still need to choose one glitch for your use magic however okay, because it is still a mixed success um, it might be fun to have a problematic side effect ooh I like that a lot. Okay. Um, Iris goes ahead and jabs into that wound for one harm. Um, and here's that problematic side effect. Uh, as she floats away um, after that jab, Isaac, you don't immediately notice anything wrong, but then you see all three of the campers watching Iris float off, and you hear Bija just go, first the eyes, now a floating hand? What? By we the way, the hand. stone was an onyx. Mm-hmm. Onyx. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll see. About, I'll see if I feel like editing that in later. Um, <laughs> Enif, Enif, um, you feel a little bit of your magic just fade um, temporarily, and you are going to have a negative one forward to your next use magic roll. Okay. And that is the, the downside of the mixed success of helping someone out is your magic isn't with you. It was in that crystal and it shattered. Um, all right. So all that happened. Um, 
Ab- Abisha is like look is is like I'm. We need to get out of here. I think we need to all get out of here. And uh, Gwen goes, not until I have my prize. And she lets an arrow loose, and it it uh, shoots the the wolf in the side. It doesn't seem to get past the fur, unfortunately, though. Mm. Um, nice try, Kernunos. <laughs> I think we're back to you. It's time to stabbing. <laughs> it's time to stabbing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, have fun. I've got the wolf right where I want it, and um, Kernunos. I think just kind of says, uh, I hope this works and just plunges the pickaxe into what I'm assuming is probably the wolf's face. I think that's what's closest to him. For sure. Yeah. Um, uh, and does that thing. All right. Give me that kick some ass roll. Yeah. Give me a quarter second here. That is the thing no seconds. Carnivorous is good at. <laughs> that's my thing. I kick the ass. Wink. Uh, do I get plus one for acting on my observations? Um, yes, actually. Neat. I believe so. Ooh, Ooh. yeah, I kicked that ass. Oh, oh, baby. Uh, so what is your extra effect? I'm going to gain the advantage. Okay. Um, let me pop on back up there, if I can find this move, there it is, god, I don't know why I couldn't find that uh, you gain the advantage, you take plus one forward or give plus one forward to another hunter, are you keeping that for yourself? Uh, yes I am okay, to continue me... kicking ass that's fair, um, yeah, so you bring it down um, and as you're swinging it you kind of adjust your trajectory on a small hunch and slam it into one of the eyes on top of its head and it just stabs straight through that eye and this nice. monster just howls in pain, oh. and it, it it immediately just lashes out at you in a panic, causing two harm as its claws just rake through your thigh. Mm. It's just one harm, though, because I have armor. Yes. Um, mm. it, it backs up, and you see the eye um, that you stabbed with this, this silver-laced pickaxe as you, as you pull it back uh, just turn straight to dust and leave just this gaping hole in its head. Um, and I, th- I think at this point Seema has started to back up and just go okay I think this might be beyond our pay grade guys Baron and Enif you arrive uh, very shortly after this happens um, you, you I don't think are actually in the camp yet but you get close enough to the camp that you can, you can see uh, what's happening at, in the distance to some degree you kind of see uh, Kernunus' shape standing with the pickaxe next to this wolf that's kind of skulking back and away a little bit. Uh, you see a, a, a slightly glowing floating hand. Um, you see Isaac um, standing a, a little ways away from the whole action, and you see the, the three campers like backing away a bit from the, the monster in question. There they are. We made it. Uh, looks like the wolf is... looks like they're kicking its ass. Okay, um... I am very close to dying. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, why don't we just watch them? <laughs> no, yeah, why don't we just watch them from a safe distance? <laughs> let's they just got this handle. Let's go back. Let's, let's go back em. to Mariner. Okay. Get him. Um, I'm going to uh, read a bad situation. Okay, yeah, I like it. So you were running up trying to figure out what's going on as you approach. Give me that uh, sharp roll. Not Oof. great. Um, 
It's always sharp that gives me experience. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is a five um, on a failure, especially with your, your third eye. Um, you open up, try and understand what's going on and get a better read on the situation. And as your third eye opens, um, the world just kind of goes dark around you and all you see uh, in the scene ahead of you are all those eyes of the wolf. And the wolf immediately, um, Kernanos, you see it skulking, uh, it's, it's kind of like shrinking back from you. And then very abruptly, it just leaps to the right and charges off into the, the uh, woods away. And for a second, you think it's running away. Uh, until you see just beyond where it's running, Enif and Baron running in your direction, and you see it just jump and just tackle Enif to the ground uh, for Fuck. two harm. Fuck. Uh, Baron, Enif has just been just summarily tackled by this wolf. Uh, is Enif one of the ones that still has the... the you used to have the other pickaxe? Yes. Because we determined that b- giving Baron silver... We're not sure if it's, it's <laughs> yeah. bad for him, but it just seemed better sure safe than sorry. Sure can't seemed, be good. I, I have the not. other pickaxe. Yeah, I gave I gave one to Cronudos because of that exact reason. <laughs> All right. Um, so you are still dazed, and I think even if your vision is still darkened, but for this wolf on top of you. Um, and Baron, you see them get knocked to the ground. What do you do? Uh, I'm just going to fucking roll a kick some ass, I think, here. Going at with a nice. sword, or turn into a wolf, doing that cool mid-leap transformation thing, or what are you doing? Let's do very Twilight. Both. What? Are you going? He carries full... the sword in his mouth. I'm doing it. I Shit, hate you so it. much. <laughs> I, I've been waiting for this for so long. <sighs> All right, so yeah, Baron, you. I guess. Uh, let's see what you roll before we determine how bad yeah, this looks. Actually, say, <laughs> uh, this could be an utter failure. So yeah. He, um, he accidentally stabs Enif in the chest. <laughs> Accidentally? I don't have an axe. What do you roll? That is a uh, six, though. Um, yeah, that's not great. No, it's not. That's pretty bad. Do you want to use luck for that, or do you just want to see you how this what? plays? I haven't used luck. Okay. So, so, like, let's do it. Yeah, that becomes a 12, then. You, um, upon seeing Enif tackled to the ground by this wolf, I, I think... You know what? You're using luck. How does this look? What do you do? <laughs> Use your Have imagination. <laughs> go, go crazy, oh. Evan. Go crazy. Uh, and you also need to choose your one bonus thing while, uh, in line with whatever you're doing here. Um, yeah, so I think he kind of like, yeah, jumps into the air, transforms into the wolf, and we kind of see the sword kind of mystify and shadowy like form in the air, and he kind of bites and grabs onto it and then like dives down into the wolf with the sword all right yeah you swing the sword into it and you see it hit this monster's fur and as much as many of the other weapons have uh, meet with some resistance uh, as it tries to dig into the fur and then with a flash and this this feeling of familiarity you've been feeling that it throughout the flashbacks and the other connections you've been remembering with the sword, um, the sword just slices straight through the fur and into the flesh of this monster. Um, what is your bonus effect for kicks and ass? Can I give plus one forward to Enif? Yeah. So you, you slice it, and it gets distracted enough by you that Enif can now do something with a little added flair uh, in the next uh, action. Um, Isaac and Kernunos, um, I think at this point, Sima looks at the two of you and just goes okay i 
obviously have no idea what's going on, but it seems like you guys do and are pretty kick-ass at dealing with it. Am I good to leave this to you? I think so, but give me your axe first. I have nothing. Uh, Sima looks at her axe and looks very hesitant. Um, go ahead and roll manipulate someone <laughs> to convince Sima to part with her axe, because that's like her baby right there. I'll return I mean, it to you in the middle baby, of the night. She doesn't have to <laughs> stick it under your pillow. Um, oh god, this is charm, yeah. This move is used when you want someone to do something for you. Yes. You'll need a good reason for them to do it. Oh, yes. Um, she looks like worried, but just goes, All right. The name was Isaac, right? Yeah, I'll take care of it. I will get your information from the camp masters if I don't get this back. I will okay. get it back. Damn, and she hands Zima. it to you and ju- <laughs> just goes, Oh, boy. Abijah, Gwen. Gwen goes, I've got a Gwen. Gwen. We need to go. This is... No one's dying on my watch. Let's go. And uh, Abijah goes, don't have to tell me twice. And they all run off. Um, Joke's on her. The camp doesn't have my real information. <laughs> they, <don't have> your- <laughs> <laughs> they do have... But they can find you because your name is Brian. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right, so Isaac and Kernunos, what do you? Uh, I guess Kernunos, since Isaac just did uh, did a thing technically. Uh, Kernunos, what is your? Uh, I guess action? I gotta go keep punching the wolf. <laughs> Please um, no, don't punch me. Bay <laughs> accidentally oh, yeah. punches Baron straight in the face. <laughs> now a, get out of here, wolf. <laughs> I am gonna... Yeah, I just have to go... Stab it, I think. We get it with the pickaxe again. Ah, uh, yes. The traditional stabbing weapon. A pickaxe. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to ask the question. Oh my god. Alright, so Isaac, what did you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So you're gonna just run over there and flail? Yeah, man. Alright, go and give me that kick some ass again, Wait, then. can't I do something? Oh, sure, if you uh, have something immediate you want to do. I was going to, um, am I still, like, underneath the wolf? Yeah, you are very much underneath this scuffle, but uh, Baron's actions have given you enough space that you can, you have a little bit more freedom of motion than you would immediately following that tackle. Um, can I, because I have the other pickaxe, can I um, uh, use that pickaxe and... Mm, like, try and, like, uh, push it into its underbelly? Sure, go and give me that kick some ass, then. So I... just tough, right? Yep, yeah, it's just tough. Plus you one. are just swinging an axe at it. Uh, plus one, yeah, because of the, the distraction that Baron's providing. Alright, that is another 13 oh. on, on tough. You, um... Uh, what is your, your benefit, your bonus? Oh, right, I get one of those. I'm gonna suffer less harm because I'm two away from dying. Hey, <laughs> are you? Yes. Oh, that was a really dangerous maneuver then. Mm. <laughs> Holy we shit! Like you could have dangerous. died there if you didn't. T- if you didn't. If you rolled a seven through nine. I'm all about taking those risks. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess you still have luck. Holy shit! <laughs> um, yeah. So you reach up and just align this pickaxe with one of its eyes, and then just give a shove and just shove it deep into that eye. And the the wolf just, I think, sl- falls into the falls to the ground, slamming into you. And as it gets back up, just swipes a claw into you, dealing 
uh, two harm, which is, for one less harm, one harm, leaving you just shy of dying. Um, Christ, you folks are going to get yourself <laughs> we live killed on the, edge. on the first yeah. arc. <laughs> we got shit to do, man. Um, yeah, and then Kernunos runs up from behind with his pickaxe. Go and give me your kick some astral. God, I have not playing this one. Yeah. That's a 10. What'd you get? Yeah, there you go. That is a 10. Give me your uh, additional effect. My additional effect is to take less harm. Okay, fair. <laughs> um, oh, wait, I have plus one advantage. That doesn't do anything, though. Never mind. Yeah. Carry on. Um, the, the wolf um, kind of rolls off of Enif. Uh, you see another one of its eyes shrivel up and die from the, the pickaxe wound that Enif inflicted upon it. And as it is writing itself, you come down with another strike of its of your pickaxe, uh, destroying another eye. Um, and it just turns, rears, and jumps at you, knocking you back off your feet enough that it sinks its teeth into your ribs for three harm that is reduced by a total of two between your armor and the move for one harm. Oof. I need to leave. Um... <laughs> Uh, Enip is gonna roll away as as far away from the monster as they can, because they're Dr- almost dead, trying to get Dr- away. blood all the way. My best bet at this point is to try to heal it and then fail and then kill it on accident. Oh god. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> how that'd fucking gnarly, how gnarly would that be though if I did that? Oh god, that'd be terrifying. What's Isaac uh, doing? Man, I have an axe. Um, <laughs> I have my, an <laughs> and my axe. <laughs> I can chop. I can fight. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> much what it is. Um, I don't think Isaac is the kind of person to run in swinging with an axe. He's a, still a little too scared and too new at this. Um, so I think I may attempt to use telekinesis to launch the axe at My it. man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I like it. Go ahead. Um, I, I guess go and give me that telekinesis roll as yeah. Iris's floating hand comes over and just <laughs> gets ready to help you throw the axe. Come on, please. Can it just roll be literally Iris wielding it's the axe? Nine. That is a nine. Yeah, it's so... Iris plus the axe. Oh, my God. Um, could... Fuck, I I don't want to. I'm right on that verge between okay and the little spider, um, and I don't want to go unstable. I mean, your options are go unstable or not throw this axe very far. As far as telekinesis goes, because on a seven through nine, you move it, but it hurts. You choose uh, yeah. one option and mark two harm, and the only one that uh, does what you're trying to do is I, I. Well, something is hurt. I think is what you're aiming for. Two harm smash. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay, you know what? Fuck it. I'm doing the two-harm smash. Yeah, yeah. All two-harm right. smash. Uh, Iris, y- y- you you um, push your physicality into her somewhat, and she takes the axe and is launched forward and just turns into the spectral force, flinging this axe into the wolf, and it sails through the air and just slams into the wolf's hide, just sticking straight in its back uh, for an additional two-harm. Uh, that gets dampened ever so slightly by its thick, thick fur. This wolf is not looking very good. Um, all of you are startled as you hear footsteps approaching the camp. And then you hear the loud bang of a gun. And. Tuna gets the- offed. 
<laughs> Executioner style. <laughs> Ranger right Tom's temple. back for revenge. <laughs> <laughs> you hear the bang of a gun, and the, the wolf lets out one last kind of very feeble moan, and then just collapses uh, right where Enif would have been if they hadn't uh, crawled away. And you all look up to see the familiar sunglassed face of Agent Franks. Agent Franks just punked my kill. Oh, yeah. He did. <laughs> kill steal or secure, whatever way you want to look at it. Holding, it. holding a smoking shotgun that he then puts back on his back. And he goes, Well, I'm sure you all could have handled that yourself, but I didn't want to miss out on the fun. Ah, it's good to see you again. You all look a little worse for wear, but you handled this without any of my help until this point, so I'm going to chalk that up as a win for the B-Squad. Let's get you guys some first aid, shall we? And he goes to, to, to move towards you, and as you do, he stops as the wolf just starts smoking, and then just crumbles to ash. Fancy. Um, and he goes, Who is this Oh, guy? that again. And he looks over at Isaac and goes, did you get someone else involved? <laughs> um, not <Maybe>. on purpose. <laughs> Who is this? He kind of involved himself. He he walks over to you, Isaac, and holds out a hand and just goes, Agent Franks, I uh, worked with these folks before you. Uh, oh, um, I've heard your name. Uh, nice to meet you. I'm Isaac. Nice to meet you as well. I assumed you three might be involved when I heard that our liaison out here had reported he was already receiving help. Seems he stretched the truth about who was helping him, but it looks like it was handled nonetheless. I regret to inform you that my agents are already moving to apply our mem blockers, the mind-wiping drug, simply put, on those who saw things. We caught a few running through the forest on the way here, and they described you fighting the wolf, so I thought I'd get in on the fun one last time. Oh, Franks, you just couldn't resist. <laughs> I suppose not. Well, as I said, let's go ahead and get you some first aid. And as he says that, a uh, one more um, a, a woman in a suit and sunglasses runs up and uh, car carrying a, a large um, black backpack and plops it down. Uh, and she goes, here are the supplies you, you requested, uh, Franks. And Agent Franks says, thanks. That'll be all. And she, she dashes off, um, pulling out her phone as she does. And Agent Franks pulls out of the backpack. He pulls several um, healing components, including traditional first aid as well as other things. And with all of your, you working together to get yourselves back up to speed, I want you all to go ahead and heal three harm. Aww. And stabilize. Yay. Oh, boy. You said three harm and stabilize? Three harm and stabilize. Future boss fights, I'll probably just leave you on your own and if things go to shit, it's going to go to shit. But this is the first official real adventure, at least for the podcast. So I thought I'd... It's it's gonna it's a little simpler. It will only get harder from here. Um, Thank you. So he stitches you up and kind of fills you in um, that they knew about the wolf situation, but thought that Ranger Tom was going to be able to handle it on his own, which is why you guys never got a dead drop about it. And why he was so surprised that you guys ended up here before he could even inform you about it. Um, but he's very impressed with your performance and seems ready to lend his help once more to your future endeavors and has taken the, the call block 
off of his phone from your numbers. <laughs> oh man, um, so kind. You all. What? Oh, go ahead. He has medical supplies. Um, a couple of campsites over Marnie. Um, Is it too late to help her? Ah, uh, I suppose we can go check that out. And uh, you all make your way over to Jim Bridger. Um, you get there, and uh, I th- she she's gone. Not not gone physically, but she she has... <laughs> she's just missing. <laughs> yeah, poof, she disappeared. Um, she, she seems from 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 the pools of dried blood around her on the table. It seems that she bled out. To, it, she was just too far gone, and in the time you were gone fighting the monster and then getting first aid, she just didn't make it. And, uh, Good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> You've killed me. Good. Good. Um, and your ranks goes, That's a shame. Was she another victim of the monster? Uh, yes. <laughs> Kurnunos' eyes just go really wide for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Kind of like she, stare. Uh, like a she was. Like a victim of the Kurnunos. <laughs> <laughs> that really is a shame. I'll go ahead and tell the crew and they'll gather her body and get it back to her loved ones and deal with those proceedings. I must get going. A lot of paperwork to be done here, especially with you folks involved. Luckily, the paperwork won't be incriminating this time. It'll just be paperwork. And he begins to make his way off. I'll be in touch. And he just phases uh, into the darkness. <laughs> he goes through a tree. He's secretly Carnunos. <laughs> He puts his sunglasses on, even though they're, it's nighttime. Kurnunos takes off his mask, and it's Agent Franks. <laughs> no, he, he, he literally just, just walks away, um, and you are left once again in the campsite um, with the, the only the sounds of the pouring rain and no more sounds of ragged breathing coming from the picnic bench. We killed her. We didn't, but... I mean, we couldn't do much to save her, and she was kind of helping the monster. But she was still a human, a human being, a person. She... We let her die. We had to, otherwise we would have had the... The other campers die, too. Isaac, it's worth pointing out that we can't save everyone. This is definitely someone who didn't deserve to be saved. I didn't... Just because she did bad things doesn't mean she didn't deserve to be saved, but... It's true that we can't always save everybody. It does raise the question, though. How many humans in this town are working towards the goal of destroying it? Apparently a lot more than we previously thought. I mean, the last time I saw her or any of the others, I mean, there weren't that many, but since I have left, they could have gotten more into their ranks. I think we'll need to look into the cult and investigate them. I'm not looking into them. I left them for a reason. And I am absolutely not having anything else to do with them again. If this, That's fine. If, yeah. if this cult is 
attracting these monsters or, or aiding them. I need to destroy it. Destroy the whole cult? They're clearly working for the adversary. I don't know what their plans are. I think it's at this point that you hear the telltale sounds of Ranger Tom's old battered truck rumbling down the road. Um, and it screeches to a halt uh, just outside of Jim Bridger. And you hear the door open and slam. And you, you hear Ranger Tom's uh, heavy footsteps as he approaches uh, through the rain. And he, he looks amongst you and then seems to notice the body on the table and just goes, Ah, so you took my advice. I I don't think I can... I don't know if I can do this. Um, Isaac's just going to kind of walk a few paces away and just kind of crouch on the ground. Is he all right? Yeah, he'll be fine, I think. Uh, I think uh, Ranger Tom walks over to you, Isaac, um, and and I, I don't think he can recognize whether you're you're crying or sad or anything because of the pouring rain uh but it kind of like kneels down to be eye level to you and just goes you did you did good today kid if this is what you guys consider good i i don't know if i'm cut out for this isaac was it it you know what would have happened if you weren't here Sima, Gwen, and Abija would all be dead. In fact, as stupid of a plan how much it backfired as it was, it's very likely more people would have been dead if you hadn't put the lockdown back on. This person would have been responsible for all those deaths. It's a shame, but... You have to put out of your mind all those storybook heroes who save everyone and make the day all better. You have to remember all you can do is help. We're not heroes, Isaac. We don't expect you to be. And Ranger Thomas strains himself out and tips his extremely soggy hat at the rest of you and um, goes, Good work. You may be the disaster squad, but you're the disaster squad that gets results. So I'll take you over the suits any day. And he makes his way back to his truck. We really do leave chaos in our wake wherever we go. Can you imagine how bad it would be if we weren't here? I mean, it would have been a lot worse, yeah. But we really need to try and see if we can not leave so many casualties behind. We need to start playing this game right and actually using (laughs) our our knowledge of the creature ahead of time. (laughs) We need to investigate our mysteries. We really need to investigate this mysteries. (laughs) Uh, next time we'll do better
Uh, what do you guys all do as you leave? The um, the camp has been swarmed by the agency. Um, many of them have. I I think you you get the report that luckily um, only uh, Seema's gang really saw anything. Um, so they're the only ones that really need any memory wiping drugs. And I think Ranger Tom, the next time you see him, is it tells you that and expresses his gratitude that you you kept the witnesses to a minimum. Um, for the most part, other than your attack, the the, the attack that you fa- uh, staged seems to have been um, handled as far as uh, information management goes. Uh, so what do you guys do as you are making your way out of the camp? Kernunos would like to take Isaac on a little father-son bonding time to, oh, to the haunted <laughs> silver mine. Enif would oh, also great. like to get their silver dust back. Okay, so uh, y'all go to, or does Baron stay out of silver mines? Baron is extremely hesitant and will walk directly at the back of the pack. It's the equivalent of walking to like a field of poppies if you're allergic. Enif going like, before we leave, I uh, need to get something, and is like beelining towards the silver mine. And Cornunos is like, come on, Isaac, father son bonding time. All right, so you all head on over to the silver mines and you make it there much more readily than when Enif first attempted now that you have at least three maps on you. Um, <laughs> and Enif also just knows the way at this point. Um, and you make it past the the caution signs and the, the barbed wire fence with the, the, the holes in it and make it all the way back to the, the forbidden silver mines. It is forbidden. Um, <laughs> within which you, you um, as you kind of cross the threshold hear the echoing, ghostly picking of axes. What is that noise? I don't mean any harm. I just want to get the silver dust back. <laughs> um, I think as you, you head in there and shout that, uh, Isaac, you, even in your downtown state, you are, you see movement that you immediately recognize no one else sees, and you look up and there is a ghost in in ragged clothing, um, and and a miner's helmet, um, in the corner of one of the the tunnels you're walking through, and you hear him muttering to himself, and you see him just picking at this. It takes you a second to really recognize what it is, but there is a black, almost like um, smooth marble mask on his face, and he is tearing it off only for it to reform. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Son of a... <laughs> you took the joke right out of my joke my joke repository. So <laughs> Damn. I mean, it should be noted that Baron, Baron is, like, looking around and, like, looking for any sign of silver at the moment. And like just like waiting. Yeah, for, maybe like, Baron should just wait outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, Baron responds this at the same time as this this spirit um, breaks off another piece of this uh, this this mask and looks at you with its actual face, eyes wide with with terror and confusion. And just goes, "You shouldn't be here!" And then a, a uh, mining cart uh, flies at you, Isaac. Like a physical one? Jump out of that way. Y- yes, like, <laughs> like, like the like the one that, that, that hit you on your way out, Enif, but it's coming a lot faster. 
jump out of that way. All right. Uh, you, you leap out of the way as it just crashes into a wall, and all of you hear the sounds of picking uh, growing much louder, and you see the other mining carts in the area just start rattling. Do I see the silver dust anywhere, the little jar that I dropped? Uh, no, you did not get very deep into the mines before this happened. Can I see anything else? I want to use the site and see any any other spiritual influences in this area. You focus your sight, man. and this weird mask man, as you put it, um, you see tendrils of his energies reaching out to everything that is rattling right now. He seems to be the soul force haunting these mines, um, and he seems to be very powerful and upset. Um... It's it's okay. Um, don't be afraid. We're we're not here to hurt you. What's what's your name? I haven't you heard? Old man Shack comes haunting in the night, and uh, a a pickaxe comes flying at your head. Jesus, <laughs> he mad. I found him. <laughs> my my lifelong dream has been fulfilled. <laughs> oh my god, it's true. What do you do? Can Should we I? all see the Can uh, I do? pickaxe? Like flying Anyone out? can do. It, it, it is a physical pickaxe that has been launched by a ghost man. How powerful of a ghost man are we talking? Like, with extreme force? Yes, it is It is launched with lethal force That's at Isaac. Not how ghosts normally work. Enif's gonna use the shield spell. Alright, uh, so you have to roll to protect someone, right? Uh, yes. So you, you lo- jump in with your, your hand generating a shield, and what'd you get? Seven. You say seven. Uh, I think with that, yeah, you just kind of deflect the pickaxe and it flies into a wall and just stabs straight into it. Um, These ghosts really yeah. want to protect their silver. <laughs> and the, the ghost... Um, gets up to its full height and starts moving towards you, Isaac. And you see now that it has a uh, ball and chain um, on its ankle. And just like it is one hand is tearing at the, the rapidly reforming mask, just tearing chips off. In fact, with your sight, you see just this pile of black energy um, where he was sitting in the corner. Uh, and the other hand is reaching out towards another pickaxe. Why haven't you moved on? He cackles at you, and at the same time, a pickaxe flies at you, Isaac. A mining cart uh, flies towards Enith, and the walls begin to shudder, and you you hear just cracks forming in the ceiling. Uh, What do you all do? It's time to go. (laughs) I think it's time to leave, guys. As much as I, you know, wanted to stay here. Kurninos literally picks up Isaac and just runs. (laughs) But what about my silver dust? I dropped my jar we'll just right here. buy you another one. <laughs> you are, are, are struck by the mining cart and toppled to the ground in your time of shouting that. <laughs> um, and you see another pickaxe begin levitating um, towards you. Okay. <laughs> Enif runs out with the rest of them. <laughs> um, as, as you all run out... Um, there's another shuddering, and I think a pickaxe flies in your direction, but because you're running, it just hits the ground right behind you. Uh, and then there's another shutter, and there is a cave-in covering up the entrance to the silver mines. 
All that silver dust. It's wasted. That was one of my really good vials, too. We'll find you some more. Well, I guess that's what he gets. What, who gets? He'll be trapped on there forever. Old Man Jack. Yeah, Is that what? who you were talking to? Uh, the, oh, sh yeah, the ghost. The, yeah, Old Man Jack. Oh. Well, Old Man Jack didn't seem very nice. No, like, I mean, I guess for a serial killer, if that was true, makes sense. I don't know. I kind of wish he'd just been able to move on. Isaac, this is why we need you. Not only can you see ghosts, and that's, that's just impressive, but even though that ghost was trying to kill you, you thought that it needed help. He's right, Isaac. You're probably the nicest out of all of us. You're the best of us. Hearty clap on shoulder. <laughs> group hug. <laughs> you, you, you group hug, and it kind of, I think, just uh, pants to the sky. Um. You are all preparing to leave Camp Longstream and get to your respective homes to rest and recover after this latest harrowing experience until the next one. As you say farewell from the parking lot, you are surrounded by others making their way home from the prematurely finished campery. Many of the campers, like Philip and Fran, are waiting for the parents to come pick them up. Toby catches Isaac's eye and waves goodbye as he gets into his car and leaves the campground behind. Seaman and her crew are a little ways off being interviewed by a serious looking person in a suit and sunglasses. They all look a little bit dazed. And then there's the speedrunning club. They all bid each other farewell as they load up into various cars. Priyanka is distracted as she gets into her father's car, looking with suspicion at the four of you as the door shuts. Then the bus back to town rolls up and you all get in to head to your various destinations, leaving Baron, who lives close enough to walk. So you start heading into the woods to go back to your cabin when you're interrupted. Uh, where do you think you're going? Partner? Uh, home? Who is that? Uh, you turn around and it is uh, Sal, who I think Baron has never met nor even seen. I, I think you spotted think so. him as you returned to camp from your cabin earlier. Yeah, because I didn't go into the trading post at all. He looks at you uh, up and down and just goes... Where did you get that sword you had? Um, why do you ask? It's my sword. Mm, no, it isn't. You took that. I think you and I need to have a talk. And he, with a surprising amount of grace for someone his size, uh, jumps over the railing of the, the um, patio around the trading post to land on the ground right by you. Um... And he he says, I'm not going to be cagey about this. I'm going to be pretty straightforward. <laughs> There's no need to be mysterious and, and wait till next episode to figure out what all this is. <laughs> and then his form rapidly shifts in a way that is eerily familiar to you. His body erupts into fur, his face elongates into a snout, and his eyes shrink nearly out of existence. His fingers elongate into thick, powerful claws, and this man has transformed into some sort of half-mold creature. Mm -hmm. What? What? 
Yes. <laughs> and the, the, he morphs rapidly back and just goes, you shouldn't be this close to the forest if you're trying to stay in control. Come on. I got a den beneath this uh, training post. And he, he leads you to the, the, the a door that seems to lead to the basement of the training post, uh, takes out a key, unlocks it, and opens the door and motions for you to follow him.